the last true samurai, the descendant of the most powerful clan in Japan, and a young disciple team up to run a failing freelance business in an alien-run Edo-era Japan and struggle to complete even the most menial tasks. Is Gintama the perfect series to introduce your friends to anime? Or should it be relegated to your own personal weeb watch list? I'm PJ. I'm Skylar. I'm Lauren. And this is Kawaii Disappointment. Lauren, I hear there's been a debate going on in your house. Oh my God, it's been a very, very hot debate in my house recently because two people in my family have betrayed themselves as actual demons and two people are right. Two of us can eat cold pizza and two of us absolutely cannot. So I'm curious to know where you guys fall in this debate because it's like all we've been talking about. See, can I, okay. Okay. So I have a so. lot of opinions. On, so, okay. So Skylar and I clearly have a lot of opinions on this. <laughs> I'll go first. That's how you can say how you feel about this. I, I personally, look, I love a good warm pizza, right? Pizza is delicious in any capacity, but sometimes, and for me, it's not always, I want to be clear. I am like a pizza reheater, but sometimes literally nothing hits better than cold pizza. Oh my God. This is it. This is when our friendship ends. (laughs) I can't believe you're anti-cold pizza. I cannot do cold pizza. It is served hot it is served hot for a reason you are not supposed to eat cold pizza i'm not saying it has to be frozen but i'm not like, saying it has to be frozen either i am saying my mother and my sister will eat cold pizza straight out of the fridge and i'm like you're 100 down <laughs> listen you're monsters. catch me 3 a.m with just holding the refrigerator door open chowing on some cold pizza like oh a little like God. mousy The Kawaii Disappointment Gang went on to argue about this topic for four more minutes, reaching no satisfying conclusion or level of understanding. The remainder of this argument can be found at the end of the episode, just beyond our outro music. For all of our sakes, however, we return you now to the end of the argument and the true start of our episode. Lauren is hard, fast, hot. I'm middle ground. Skylar is uh, very okay with cold. But ultimately, we are all... Ultimately, oh, <laughs> uh, apparently Lauren is right. Hello. Cold pieces never injured my mouth, Lauren. Well, you Sorry. know what I will say is Lauren thinks she's so right. Let's see how right she continues to be. Oh, to start asking her some questions. Hello, and welcome back to Quite Disappointment, the show where two lifelong weebs, PJ. And Skylar. Guide their non-weeb friend. Lauren. Through a new anime every week to determine if it's a kawaii success or a kawaii disappointment. This week, we are watching Gintama as we close out Listener Month 1 Action Comedy. This series was recommended to us by Toshin and one other unnamed submitter. So thank you for the recommendation. Always Woo! that unnamed submitter. Not to throw any shade. You don't have to reveal yourself, but <laughs> it's always like this one person... And anonymous. <laughs> I mean, we're going to start having person. some too where it's like multiple because like, mo- again, most of our submitters are unnamed ultimately because mm. they just, I, I don't make it a requirement that people put a name for their submissions. Um, So, I mean, there's a lot of ones that are just input. And I mean, they might all be the same person. I doubt it because like, I feel like if you're like that into what we're going to cover, you want us to know who you are, you know? <laughs> That's but fair. this unnamed submitter and Toshin wanted us to cover Gintama. So, Lauren, mm-hmm, Gintama, mm-hmm. tell mm-hmm. me, based on that name, what do you think this is going to be about? So I'm doing my usual, if I don't know what the word is, I think it's probably going to be the protagonist's name. However, the spelling, classic. thank you, yeah, classic <laughs> Lauren, the spelling has the word, or the name, I'm assuming, has the word Jin in it. I know it's Gin in the Japanese pronunciation, but I took that as the alcoholic drink. So I think that Gintama is going to be the protagonist and uh, he is in the drunken master trope where he fights better the drunker he gets, but he also doesn't want to be reliant on alcohol to be like as good at his job as he is. So he's trying to get clean, but shit keeps happening to where he's like, I need to kick their asses. And so (laughs) he drinks and he kicks their asses and he's like great now i have to go back to square one so i think it's gonna be that message like hey kids violence is great also drink to do more violence well and i don't think the message is violence is great but i think the message is like 
violence you know is it's hard to outrun necessary. your demons yeah because he's not choosing to fight but he has to fight so i think the messaging isn't violence is the answer but he's clearly in situations where violence you know he's just defending himself honestly yeah dragon mm-hmm. master mm-hmm. is more of a defensive fighting style than it is an offensive fighting style yeah, yeah 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 i was gonna say i'm excited for this because like you never see drunken Mon- uh you never see drunken master as like a main character mm-hmm. you don't get that kind of mc uh, I'd like to introduce you to the Jackie Chan film, The Drunken Master. <laughs> oh, I did not see it. I'm so sorry. One of my favorite kung fu movies of all time. <laughs> PJ's actually the one who he showed me clips from it because I had no idea what this was. And so he introduced me to that trope. And then I saw the the title for this. I was like, ah, clearly, obviously, Drunken Master. Yeah. <laughs> um, or, I mean, yeah, but you're right. They're usually side characters and usually played it for goof. Like I think it's I think it's Street Fighter or Tekken. They have a character Bo Raicho who is a master of the Drunken Fist, and Rock Lee at one point in Naruto for whatever reason randomly starts doing Drunken Fist. So yeah, it's mostly side stuff. But here it sounds like potentially it is our main character. And yes. why don't we talk about our main character a little bit more as you look at this poster? So there seem to be two worlds colliding here. I'm thinking when worlds collide. When worlds collide. Because there's this like weird tower in the background with more traditional architecture in the front and kind of on the side. So I don't know what's happening, but I think we're probably in a fantasy world and they've just combined more traditional Japanese architecture with futuristic sci-fi elements to create this new place. So Gintama, I think, is the middle character with the silver hair. He kind of looks like he could be a drunken master type. I'm going to stick with that prediction for him. The redhead girl to the left looks like she's harmless, but I think she's going to be that trope of looks like a cinnamon roll and could kill you. I think she's probably going to be like the best fighter that we've ever seen. Mm. And then there's like this really cute, really big cat like creature in the background with these (laughs) amazing eyebrows. And, um, you know, it's interesting. I I couldn't tell if I felt this looked more like a cat or more like a dog. I personally landed on dog. Interesting. You landed on cat. I've been bamboozled by animals plenty of times. Lauren can't tell the difference between dogs, cats, and foxes. I also can't sometimes to be clear. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went cat on this, I think because of like the, the triangle ears, but this could be another fox. I don't know. We're going to find out. I said it was a cat and I'm really, really thinking they're going to be the mischievous animal that gets into shenanigans all of the time. As far as like animal companions go, they are not going to be as regal and as like got their shit together as Kilala. They're definitely more on like the Momo from the last Airbender series. Just... (laughs) Just fucking around and uh, they have to chase after him and save him all the time. Then the boy to the right with his sword, or I guess the scabbard. Anyway, the weapon he has in his hand. He absolutely worships Kintama. He wants to be as good a fighter as he is, but he's been very disillusioned because now he's finally met the man that he's idolized for his whole life and found out that he is as good as he is because he gets like wasted. And so, this kid took Dare super seriously. Yes. So they've taken their <laughs> training very seriously. They've gone about it the more normal way, have finally gotten to a place where they can meet their their idol and their idol is a drunken master so i think he's gonna be wrestling with that and trying to contend with well do i still want to be like him or do i become my own hero situation and then we have a lot of people in the background i did not give each individual person a personality but (laughs) i didn't think we were going to talk about that well, there's a def- there's definitely a division, right? Because there's people on the ground and there's people on the rooftops. So I think the people in the background on the ground are the citizens of this world, this city that we're in. And um, Gintama is protecting them. So that's his like his neighborhood. He's a man of the people man. He's a man of the people man. And then the people on the rooftops are going to be our villains and our adversaries. So I think they're a bunch of really good fighters, people from other towns, from other countries from other planets because you know this could be on a fantasy world and we have i don't know alien invasion we have other species coming to annihilate us like lord of the rings Urukai are coming for them and gintama is the one who has to fight all the people on the rooftops to protect his town 
I love it. This is perfect. I love warring roles. I don't know. I love lamp. (laughs) That's basically Skylar's whole vibe. (laughs) What? Some lamps are literally so cool. Oh, gosh. Well, I'm interested to see more of this story. So why don't we go ahead and take a quick break to watch episodes one and two of Gintama. So we're going to do that and we'll be right back. So stay tuned, everyone. All right, we're back. We had Lauren watch episodes one and two of Gintama. Lauren, tell me, what did you think? I was so shook that my like one-off, what if these are aliens prediction was right. <laughs> yeah, most of, I, honestly, everything except for your prediction about Gin himself was pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was, so, I was mostly shook about the aliens. And then I was like, oh, the rest of it. Also pretty good, except for Gein. Yeah, he was definitely not what I thought he was. But overall, this was a really good mix of a super interesting world build paired with just hilarious humor. Just fucking goofs on goofs on goofs. Just goofs on goofs on goofs. It's so good, though. I love it. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that a little bit more as we go through some quick housekeeping. So, Gintama is based on the manga series by Hideaki Sorachi that ran in Weekly Shonen Jump, then Jump Giga, from December 2003 to June of 2019 for 77 volumes. There is a light novel titled Class 3Z Ginpachi Sensei, written by Tomohito Osaki. The anime itself was directed by Shinji Takamatsu and done by Studio Sunrise for TXN and ran from April 2006 to March of 2010 for 201 episodes. However, that is not the end of the series, as after that section of the series ended, the series would continue to go on to adapt the manga, continuing with Gintama with an apostrophe mark at the end, Gintama <laughs> and Choisen, Gintama with a degree symbol at the end, oh. Gintama Pororoi Hen, and Gintama Shirogane no Tomashi Hen, which would then complete the series, and those five series ran from April 2011 to October 2018, obviously one after the other, completing to about 166 episodes, so all told we have 367 episodes for Gintama Oof. Uh, and essentially <laughs> running from April 2006 to October of 2018. Oh, there's an OVA that covers the Love Incense arc of the manga that, re- that released in 2015 and 2016 and there are three films for Gintama. Gintama the movie which released in 2010, Gintama the movie The Final Chapter Be Forever Yorozuya which released in 2013 and Gintama the Very Final which released in 2021. <laughs> in addition to that there are two live action films Gintama which released in 2017 and Gintama 2 which released in 2018 directed by Yuichi Fukada and done by Warner Brothers Japan and there are also seven video games covering the series but wow. that is kind of all as if that is not enough of that we have covering Gintama so why don't we break down episodes one and two super quick long ago this nation was known as the land of the samurai the dream-filled Edo skies upon which samurai once gazed are now filled with ships of the Amanto beings that suddenly invaded and rose to power in this city former samurai Gintoki Sakata runs the odd jobs business. One day he receives a visit from a client named Katoken. To regain something he has lost, Katoken needs 30 million ryo, a lot of money. After listening to Katoken's endless tales of misfortune, the odd jobs trio, Gintoki, along with Shimura Senpachi and Kagura and her beast Saraharu, feel obliged to help out. Meanwhile, the Amanto, Karia, and his men gather to plot the takeover of Edo City. Gintoki manages to escape Shishimura's sudden attack. Regrouping with Kagura and the others, he finds that their client, Katoken, was unable to stick with the training and has left. Gintoki finds Katoken drowning his sorrows alone and joins him for a drink to share his wisdom. Hearing his words, Katoken explains the reason behind his wanting to become stronger. Gintoki decides to lend a hand to help him regain his most pre- important treasure, his family. Together with Kagura and Shimpachi, they march into the Driftstar Embassy, only to find themselves welcomed by a mountain full of food, a trap laid for them to stop them from interfering in the plot to destroy Edo, which they were unaware of. After they escape, the Oddjobs trio, along with the Shinsegumi, a militaristic police force, attack the embassy, and after Katoken happens to defeat Kariya, Gintoki destroys the excavator and saves Edo, and that is episodes one and two of Gintama. This was my first time with both episodes being technically the same episode. Yes, it's like their pilot special, which they let you know a lot. 
They do. Yes. And I loved in the the middle, quote unquote, the middle where they were like, for those of you who are in this city, keep watching. For those of you who aren't, see you next time. Yeah. Well, I also love in it's like middle of episode two, because again, so something to talk about is they break the fourth wall a lot in the show. This is so a, in general, it's something Gintama is very known for. It's a very parody reference heavy show and they break the fourth wall a lot. But there's a point in the middle of episode two when they start finding about out about the plot to destroy Edo Japan, where uh, I think Kaguya is like, this is too much even for a special two-part episode to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just thought was so funny. But yeah, I mean, there's just so funny. endless fourth wall breaks and so many references. So many references that like, even if you don't, what I like is like, even if you don't get them, they're still funny. Mm. Like the, like, I don't know, maybe that's just my perspective, but like, I think the Antonio Inoki joke kind of reads whether you know who Antonio Inoki is or not because they visualize it for you. Right. Yeah. Like they had yeah. it come up like two or three times where they were like, you know, steal yourself and you too can look like Antonio Inoki and then they were, their jaw would get really big. <laughs> Which like Antonio Inoki is a famous, like insanely famous Japanese pro wrestler, turned Japanese politician, but like he was huge. But yeah, it, he was known for having a very big like jaw and chin. But like they visualize it so you get it, even if you don't know who Antonio Inoki is. Yeah, which is just good storytelling, you know, because mm-hmm. it's an inside joke is only funny for the people who were there at the time. But something like this, when they are just constantly making joke after joke after joke, some of them which are more inside to still be able to include the entire audience is really special. No, but like you guys are right. It is really difficult to do that and um, to include everyone because it's so easy to like shun the non-believers and the outsiders. Shun. They're just like, shun. <laughs> it's so easy to alienate people. Oh, oh, oh uh-huh. I see what you did there. <laughs> so yeah, what did you guys think about the alien stuff in this? I was kind of into it. I liked it. It, it honestly... You hesitated. No, like, I liked it. I just always forgot about it. Like... Okay. Well, be- and I'll say, like, I... Going into this show the first time I watched it, which was very recently, it was around the time that it first got submitted, because I had always known about Gintama, but like never really watched it. But I knew it was like big, right? Like it's not as big as like your biggest shonen, but it's it's like the cult classic of the shonen. I always just assumed it was straight, straight like you know samurai era Japan with like fourth wall breaks that made it be a little bit more fantastical and be able to have like space references and stuff. Right. I never knew or assumed that there was anything spacey about it. Like even to the extent that like when I was putting this list together for this month, I was like, all right, so we have you know Captain Tyler and uh, Space Dandy, two space ones, and then Spy Family and Kintama, which are not at all space related. <laughs> so it's three space ones. Yeah, very space heavy. At least this one doesn't take place in space yet. Eventually, obviously, we have aliens here. But yeah, you know. the good thing about like Gintama too is some is you don't have to necessarily watch it in order. And maybe that maybe perhaps I'm only saying that because I didn't. Because kids, <laughs> back in the day we had something called video on demand in the early two thousands. The early aughts. And there was like an anime section and it had like the most like obscure anime. Like I'm just like, I will watch anything I could get my little hands on. And Gintama was one of the animes, but all the episodes were not there. Oh, but yeah, you're right though. Luckily, it's a completely episodic show. Even their arcs are at most like four episodes usually. There are some bigger, more important arcs that do start getting bigger. And obviously, like the final arc of the show, which does get obvious like obviously there are serious bits here and there, but it gets more and more serious. And you know, the final arc does have some of like those those classic, you know, iconic serious moments from the series. That one, even that is like max twenty six episodes. While a real big shonen arc can easily last you like forty to eighty episodes. Oh, easy. Oh my God. Yeah. I really appreciated the the tighter storytelling in this. It made it so much easier to follow. Oh yeah. It wasn't all hijinks. Just stop. <laughs> no fluff. 
all fat. No, no fluff, all muscle. I was going to say no fluff, all fat. (laughs) (laughs) No fat, all muscle. But so talking about like these two episodes specifically, you know, what I really obviously like this is your pilot, right? So they're introducing us to all of the key players. Um, And obviously we'll talk about like who your favorite character was later on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But who was the character that you think had the best introduction? Because every character got an introduction. Sadaharu by biting people. Yes, Sadaharu (laughs) was great. Can I say, uh, Lauren thought Sadaharu was Momo. I think Sadaharu is a lot more Appa. Oh yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah, no, I definitely agree that it's very Appa energy. I'm still here for it. I still really like it. Appa's great. Appa I mean, like, great. Aang was ready to fucking destroy the world when Appa was like, I was ready to destroy the world. Fucking <laughs> 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 honestly. I was ready. Uh, um, Lauren, who is your favorite character introduction? I mean, I know it's like, I know it's like lame because it was like the first one, but Gintama's introduction had me laughing the hardest because of all the references to his hair and they kept calling back to that throughout both episodes and it just kept reminding me of that moment. So I, that one I think was my favorite. It stayed with me the most. Yeah, I do like that. Gintoki it was really funny. Did have a great introduction. Yeah. Yes. He did. <laughs> I was Sorry. like, that's the name of the anime. <laughs> that's the name of the anime. Oh my god. Yes. So actually, is what's funny is, um, and they talk about. I don't, I'm sure you guys read it, but um, they talk about how Gintama means silver soul. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah. It really more closely translates to like silver balls, and not like testicles, <laughs> but like literal balls, like like orbs. Yeah, but then they literally say in the thing like, but don't misspell it with a don't misspell it as Gintama because that means testicles. Because this entire show is just a fucking dick joke you know yeah (laughs) i mean space dandy was all boobs this is all dicks it's about equality exactly (laughs) which was your favorite introduction pj for me it was uh aoyame uh, because like i love i mean in general i just love aoyame's weird characterization so much but like that they just find the glasses falling and then they're literally just hanging on the wall and pull down they're like the are they're hanging on the ceiling and they pull off their ceiling shaped blanket and they're like oh hey guys (laughs) i just love that so much To then jump off, I love that Ayame is so attracted to Gein and also is like an intense masochist. So just oh, loves yeah. that he does not reciprocate and like goads him into being mean to her so that she can like get off. <laughs> also, I love Shimura. Like he's always stressed. Like he's crying, always. he's screaming, he's throwing up in the corner. What <laughs> what a vibe. Honestly, you ask for relatable characters and they hand this to you on a silver platter. <laughs> Skylar, I feel like Skylar's relatable character was Kagura. I love <laughs> She's a so strong, cool. confident, stupid woman. She is like, and I, don't, I mean this in a positive light. If any of our listeners have not been on the side of the internet where awesome, strong women have reclaimed bimbo, you gotta get on it. Uh, watch some Chrissy Schlepeka videos. But ultimately, Kagura, total bimbo vibes. I love it. And again, like, uh, if you're not on the side of TikTok, like what PJ said, it's a very positive thing. It's not a negative thing. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's women weaponizing their sexuality for themselves, not for men. And like, they're allowed to be hot and dumb because like, and they're Kagura good people. is hot, strong, and dumb. <laughs> Yep. She and is. And we love her for it. I love I it. I have <laughs> never seen a... <laughs> I've never seen a character ruled by their stomach so much as her. She, and I'm like, she's oh actually written like a shonen protagonist. So it's like, that yeah. is like Goku. <laughs> That's Luffy, you know? She be me for real, for real. It, for it's real, so funny because like, when they get trapped in the um, prison trap with all the food, A, I was like, okay, well, you just left them in here with all this food. Like, that's just a win for them. Yeah, they're all going to be so happy. They're so poor. <laughs> but it's like a huge feast and they're sitting there eating. And to Skylar's point, Shimura's the only one who's like, why the fuck are we trying to escape? And they're like, what are we going to do? Let this food go to waste, Shimura? How dare you? This is disrespectful. And, but I love that they all kind of eat a lot, but, but it's really Kagura that's like eating the most. And mm-hmm. it's this huge feast. It's like this blank banquet table that can easily feed like 20, 30 people. By the time she's like, I'm full, it's like empty. <laughs> <laughs> and then she just breaks the prison bars with like the wind from her umbrella because she's yeah. so strong. Not a second thought. She's like, okay, I'm full. 
I've eaten my fill. Now I will do this. She does it on her terms. And you love to see a good, strong woman who's like, not when you want it, when I want it. Thank you. Exactly. Terrorize (laughs) the patriarchy. Yes. (laughs) Always keep him guessing. And again, I love just how dumb Kagura is. Like when they're uh, when Shimura is talking about how poor they are, and he's like, and then he pulls out the bank book to show them like how little money they have, and Kagura's like, "You're not gonna fool me. I know. I can't eat that. <laughs> <laughs> you're not. You're nope. Not this time. Fool me. It, it was fool me once. like not this time. I'm not falling for that trick again. <laughs> Fool me once, shame on you. I think it's also such a like trap at first because like when you meet her, they're like, you know, they're running around and stuff. So she seems so capable and you're like, wow, she's really good. Well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, you're like, wow, she's, you know, the Sakura. She's going to bring that like wonderful female perspective and, you know, and the reason. And it's like, no. Well, you I mean, to, to be fair, that first fight, they were never going to win. They were chasing a cat. Oh, you just, yeah. you, ca- you can't. And I do you love that, see me you know, canonically, we have Gein being like, you know, the, the, oh, the last true samurai in this age. And he is so powerful that he can destroy like the world ending excavator at the end of episode two. Just can't catch that little kitty cat. Such a cute kitty cat. Just can't yes, catch that cutest. Cat. Oh my God. I was like, I would want that cat caught too. Konnichiwa, my fellow weebs. We hope you're enjoying this first listener recommended month. And while January's lineup is locked in, that doesn't mean there's not room for your recommendation in future months. If you have an anime you'd like us to cover, the recommendation form can be found on our website or Beacon's page, which can both be found in the show notes. If you're craving more kawaii disappointment, then check out our Patreon. Hours and hours of bonus content are available immediately for just $3 a month, and more is always on the way, along with exclusive polls, Q&As, and goodies at our higher tiers. January is sure to have some great content, like our reduced redo of Haikyuu, our Winter 2023 Kawaii Desu Season Preview, where Skylar and Lauren give rapid-fire predictions of all the new anime coming this season, and more. Find us on Patreon by searching for Kawaii Disappointment or by going to patreon.com slash kawaiidesupod. Special shout out to our wonderful patrons, starting off with our eternal Desu patron, our $8 tier, the truly incomparable Alex J. They're not alone though, as we also have our amazing super Desu patrons, our $5 tier, Nene Killua, Magical Girl Charlotte, Rebel in an Isekai, Jellums, and our newest patron, with the best name ever, if the Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the pirates don't eat the tourists. And last but certainly not least, we have our Kawaii Desu patrons, our $3 tier, Eliza L, Albany G, Aubrey Z, and Nymphomercial. You're all pretty Kawaii Desu in my book. If you're looking for other ways to support the podcast, you could shop at Right Stuff, which has a huge collection of anime, manga, and figures, or get yourself a super cute monthly Japanese box from So Kawaii. And if you use our affiliate links, a portion of your purchase kicks back to us. You can find those affiliate links on our websites or Beacon's page, which can both be found in the show notes. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at KawaiiDesuPod, or go to KawaiiDesuPod.com for links to those socials as well as all of our episodes. That's K-A-W-A-I-I-D-E-S-U-P-O. Com. Spread the word about us, and if you feel so inclined, leave a review on iTunes, rate us five stars on Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. It really does help. We will see you all again next month as we kick off our second annual Romance Month. Stay tuned on social media for the lineup. Now, back to the podcast. But you know who my favorite female character was? Elizabeth. Oh, okay. Who is she again? The giant duck thing that's hanging around Katsura. Oh my god! Because <laughs> I, I like this, I like when they are introduced again. Every character gets an introduction, and they're like Katsura is like a ninja that like specializes in this and blah blah blah. Elizabeth, I have no idea what the fuck that is. <laughs> yes. Oh my god! I'm so ashamed that I forgot her name for a second. Oh. Because I, I also love it because, again, anytime anyone in a Japanese thing has an English name, it's 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 always just a, a delight uh, how they say it. Uh, so yeah. it always catches your, yeah. your ear because it's like, it's said like in Japanese. Like, that's something that happens with like words. I feel like I've said this, you know, on the podcast before. But like, mm. when I say my name, I say it one way when I'm speaking Spanish and one way when I'm speaking English. 
And it's the same thing. They're saying that name, but in Japanese. Like when I say well, in English, I'm like, oh, my name is Pedro Jose. But in Spanish, I'm like, my name is Pedro Jose. And mm-hmm. it literally is not a conscious effort. It's just about what language I was speaking at the moment. This reminds me of um, Agent Magus Bride, where like the name is spelled like Elias, but she calls him Elias the whole time. There are two characters that are me, and it's Kagra, and I look like Elizabeth. So. <laughs> You do not look like Elizabeth. Damn, what a look. Again, I like how fourth wall breaky everything is. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even like at the beginning of the episode when you're meeting the villains, you know, when you're meeting Karia and like the bad and all of the bad guys and stuff and Shishimura and stuff, it literally says like our special guests this episode because they will not be returning in any future episodes are these guys. <laughs> Oh my god, but I can see them, not that I know, because I've only seen the first two, I can see them eventually being like, remember these guys that showed up in episode one in the pilot and we said, never again, they're back, here you go. (gasps) You guys, we forgot a very important character. Oh my god, what? Oh, you mean their landlord? She was really great. I We didn't see a ton of her. I'm sure we do in later we episodes. We do see a lot more of her as the show goes on. That makes sense. And, I mean, and I forget the, the like, migrant worker, uh, like, assistant of hers' name. Um, but yeah, like, uh, lots of, lots of uh, like, strong female characters in this. Mm-hmm. You'll love to see it. Um, my favorite, you know, if we're talking about sexually liberated, is Ayame. <laughs> I love, I also love when, uh, when they're training uh, Katuken on how to become stronger. And like, A, you have the moment where Kagu- uh, or Kagura is like, just break the rock. What, like it's hard? <laughs> like it's hard? Oh, she was... <laughs> Because she's like so naturally strong. She's part of like the strongest like warrior class clad in like the world or whatever. Uh, But then when Ayame is training, they just uh, fully perfectly draw like someone had to do either know where I've done some research like (laughs) he is like fully, fully tied up um, like full BDSM. And and they're like, what are you training it for? It's like how to be a dominatrix, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> to what become powerful. Hello. Oh my god. There is no greater power than being um a dominatrix. You literally, like, men have all the power, but like if you they hold a man and steal that power, then he's yours to control. <laughs> you know, uh, there's other. I, there, again, you're introducing so much. I also, when you meet Shimura's sister, and then also her stalker. Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> I, yeah. I forgot about so many of these characters. There's so much Already. that happens in these two episodes. This is. Because you, even... you, you meet your sister and her soccer who's, who just pops out from under the table and, like, tries to have a conversation with her. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, my God, yes. Um, and then my, my favorite side moment in these two episodes, hands down, hands down, has to be when we first meet the Shinsegumi and they're storming um, the first hideout of, of the bad guys. And uh, Hiji Hiji Kanata or whatever his name was, I'm I'm struggling to remember it. Uh, Hiji Kanata like finds a blueprint, and then Sogo is like, "Time for you to die, Captain. I hope you enjoy sucking on mayonnaise in the other world." And then shoots a bazooka <laughs> oh, at him. Yes, and he survives. <laughs> and then when he misses, he's just like, "What? I was." And he's like, "Were you trying to kill me?" And he's like, "No, it's a joke. I joke like this all the time." Do you not pay attention? <laughs> Me, anytime I lose a fight. It's like, it's just a prank, bro. The gaslighting, though. <laughs> oh, my God. I did love the entire army. All of them. Every Everyone. There wasn't a single character on screen at any point where I was like, I don't like you. Even the villains were funny and delightful. Mm-hmm. It was just so well-rounded. This... It's literally so fucking funny. And it just, it seems so overwhelming because there are so many episodes. Um, But Mm -hmm. again, like, you don't have to, like, you kind of, you, I mean, like, obviously there is, you know, some linear parts, but you really can kind of just jump in. Yeah, absolutely. There's, again, also just so many references to everything. We've already talked about so many, but, like, 
just random ones that like i i even was like i was gonna go look up what this is like there's one point when they're training and they say something and then they turn to kaguda and she looks completely different she has like a mustache and like a big nose and she says uh cross namida bridge carefully and then they turn away and you're like what is what just happened here and i looked it up and it's a reference to uh the boxing manga you know the the prototypical boxing manga ashita no joe to the coach in it and i was like what a weird reference to just have in here but there's also a lot of like western references like when the bad guy pulls out a fucking lightsaber oh my it's god space pj oh my yes, god but it's not like a light sword or a laser sword it is a lightsaber it even makes yes. the lightsaber noise yes i'm so glad you brought this up and if you want to use it as a segment you totally can because not only did he pull out a fucking lightsaber the music underneath that segment i was like this is discount imperial march i'm ready for darth vader to just walk <laughs> out here right this second oh my it sounded god just like it for like three or four notes i was like holy shit and they kept repeating it so i was mm-hmm. like this is this discount star wars yeah no again completely they it's everything is a reference like every other like minute joke is a reference and again but even outside of that there's so many funny gags in this like to Skyler's point, when we were talking about like the time when they were looking to learn earn money from Catherine, they take it. She's like, "Oh, I know how you can make money," and they take him to the doctor, and he, she's like, "Look, you have two kidneys. If you're a real man, you'll just sell one." <laughs> and then when Honestly, he's like, though. and then when he's like, "I don't want to do that." Even like, uh, King Toki's like, "Well, I mean, if you're not going to take this seriously, then I don't know how we're going to help you." <laughs> um, or oh when uh, again, to when Katakan is doing his like dramatic backstory. You know, <gasps> we're getting this flashback, but then yes. it like zooms out and it's been like he's been holding up different picture frames each time. And, <laughs> and, and then it's he, so dumb. And he doesn't finish his story and all three of them are like, what the fuck? We have to know how it ends. And that's oh, ultimately yeah. why they take his, the job. Yeah. Well, well no, not, that's a different part. But I did love that part. But he's like, yeah, you know, my wife, you know, I lost my job. And then a week later, you know, my house, I got my, you know, I got swindled out of my house. And then a week later, my, my wife and child left. My me. wife and child left. And then, yeah. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't whoa, whoa, just stop whoa, whoa. there. But no, when he's in the bar with uh, Gintoki and he's like, and it's like the oh. very like drawn flashback of like oh, yeah. what his life was like. You know, it's just like going from like frame to frame of like, you know, the still image of him with his kids and them walking away, like all this stuff. But then like for the last one, he puts it down and it's just been he's been holding up different picture frames each time <laughs> I, there's so many just dumb funny gags in this i just oh i love visual storytelling so like if you were standing around and you were pulling out pictures for me i'd be like wonderful this, this is, is a so perfect helpful. conversation <laughs> yeah <laughs> honestly thank you so much yeah oh, god and i feel like i could just again break down every single joke in this but i also love how much things like come back come back into play like again we talked i talked about when sogo tried to shoot his superior with the bazooka but then later <laughs> on when they go to the embassy and they're like you can't come in he pulls out the bazooka again he's like i mean if it's not there we're technically not going in <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> you can't go into a building that doesn't exist. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, not and wrong. I think the the He's last not wrong. You know, again, I could just sit here and talk about the eighty-seven million jokes that happen per episode of Kintama, but the only other one that just really caught me because of the the datedness of what it was was when Katsuken first comes to hire them, and they're like, "Oh, Senamoe is probably a solicitor." And first, Shimura is like, "No," and then Kagura is like, "Friggin." And then Gintoki is like, way. But I just, the friggin, like, no friggin, friggin way. Yeah. I was like, wow, oh. how to, the, how much more, like, 2006 can you get? Oh, God, I love so, it. So early 2000s. But the nostalgia was peak. It was fabulous. I I just love how they are like convinced that this is not a customer at first. They're like, you were lying to us. <laughs> you can't you can't be here to answer our advertisement and to give us a job. That's not how this works. I mean, again, it's just such a funny, you know, funny show. Um, a mile a minute gags, goofs, references, what have you. And and again, we did talk about it. it has really good world building too. Like it's a very interesting kind of location and setup for this because ultimately mm-hmm. it also doesn't play a pivotal role, but it also does. And you know, it's very still badass. Like ultimately, Gintoki 
Toki is like a comedic character and kind of a fucking loser sometimes, but he's also a total badass and a master swordsman. Like he fought several people with swords with the wooden sword that he has and also used it to destroy that excavator, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, no, he is very good at his job. And let it be clear, the true villain of these two episodes was capitalism. Always. Again, it always is. Um, it always it's always is. capitalism. Um, because they literally were just trying to destroy all of Edo Japan so that they could like resell the land. It reminds right. me mm-hmm. of that SpongeBob episode when uh, uh, SpongeBob is like hanging out with Plankton and he's like, You use me for land development. And that's all <laughs> this two episodes was. They're literally 100%. doing all of this to just do land development. It's fucked up. They are. They are. And it is fucked up. But, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, capitalism, at least for these two episodes, was defeated. Yeah. I mean, capitalism always dies. Nor- just sometimes, a lot of times, it's by its own hand. AK, like where we are right now in our late stage capitalist version of America. Oh, it's slowly dying yeah. and we will only see what the fallout leads to for us all in the end. Oh but, my God. Eat the rich. But eat the rich. And while you're eating the rich, why don't you listen to some of the amazing music of Ugh. Gintama? Uh, we already talked about a little bit about the score of this show uh, when we talked about the f- the faux Imperial March under the lightsaber scene. But in general, it's just there's some fun music in this done by the composing team over at Audio Highs, uh, who I think did a very good job of just kind of capturing the energy and the vibe here. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that the even though the uh, Discount Imperial March was very distracting for me personally because I was like. I almost recognize this music. The with rest Darth of it. Darth Step Vader. With Darth Step Vader. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> That's really funny. That may be the funniest fucking second, thing you've ever But said. that was really funny. <laughs> oh my God. It took me so long. <laughs> oh my god um but yeah no the the underscoring for every scene was perfect the storytelling you know when he was telling his tragic backstory and then you go into like the more intense fight scenes and then you have just the really funny scenes all of it just matched perfectly to what was going on on screen yeah it definitely again it's one of those things where the music was one of the characters but like it it really is so important and when you have like so many like constant like so much constant movement going on you really need that score to accompany it yes you do and this I feel, delivers i feel like i i'm doing a lot of buzzword sentences right now synergy <laughs> in this new age post 11 in any case uh yeah that that music was very good very enjoyed it but let's talk about the op and the ed a little bit too so our op is prey by tommy heavenly six Lauren, tell me what you thought of that OP. I really enjoyed this. For me, the visuals were fine. They weren't anything that like really captured my attention. I really enjoyed the song more than the visuals themselves. But the song was amazing. I had a really great time listening to this. Yeah, the song was a, a super fun time. You know, mm-hmm. again, very, uh, it's very high energy, um, very, very rocky. Very, it gets you in the in a fun, exciting mood for the show. Yes, yeah, it sets it up perfectly. So, you know, Lauren, you said you you weren't a super fan of the visuals, um, but like it's so classic, like that era of anime op, especially of like the comedic variety there i go Mm -hmm. again um so (laughs) (laughs) so it is very nostalgic for me like visual wise yeah and like the music is like perfect in this era like it literally 
I knew exactly what I was listening to mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. someone who was 16 and 06. So 16? Yeah. You're a grandmother. I'm a grandmother. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's good stuff. It was definitely a product of its time in every capacity of the song, mm-hmm. visuals, everything. Let's talk about that ED, see if it also is a product of its time. That ED is Fusangamu or Bubblegum by Captain Straydum. Lauren, what did you think of that ED? The visuals for this one were very simple, but they were very effective. I did like everyone's action poses as it like slowly scrolls up the cast of characters, most of which I knew, which is very impressive. I was like, wow, only two episodes in and I know most of these people, if not all of them. And um, the song was fine. This one was in the middle of the road for me. Like I didn't hate it, but it also wasn't something I would have repeated. Yeah, you know, it's a a, a weird thought I just had, but I, I feel like it encapsulates my thoughts on this song mm. is I can barely remember this song outside of the context of tr- using it to find it's modern An artist. artist. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> yeah. even like I can perfectly rehear Prey in my head, but like mm-hmm. I- all I hear are like snippets and sna- like snaps of Fuzangamu um, mm-hmm. because I it left really no impression for me. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I like, it's not my favorite. Like, listen, I fuck so hard with Prey. I put it on my playlist like so fast. And this is like way more kind of chill. It has, it has a very specific sound to it and like like so specific it's like a a delicate kind of comparison zone you know what i mean but i liked it it's it's also like really kind of chill like almost yacht rock (laughs) you know what i said almost yacht rock but it is yacht rock it is it absolutely is. You said it, and I was like, "No, you can chill that's it." Cracker. Uh, well, <laughs> but don't, you know what? Since most of this ED discussion has already been about what other songs it's like in our modern contemporary artist segment, why don't we move into that segment as we ask the question: What modern contemporary artists do you think would have done a good job with these anime intros and outros? Lauren, why don't you tell me who you think would have done a good job with "Pray"? So I was flipping through artists of the time, early two thousands, you know, like you do, and. I settled on one that I think is a decent match. We'll see if you guys agree. Uh, I landed on the Veronica's, their song Forever. I definitely hear it, especially like towards the back half of the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really where I was more concentrating. Yeah, like it makes sense. I think it. I think it works. Oh, does it make sense, Skylar? Mm-hmm. Oh, you think it works? Yeah. Uh oh. Why don't I you tell us you who you went with? Okay. Did you go with them? So I went with a little band called the Veronica. The <laughs> I went with a little band called um, the Veronicas. Specifically, no, you their went song- with the Veronicas, which is a harmonica cover band of the Veronicas. <laughs> <laughs> I want them now. They need to exist. Specifically, oh my God, did you really? Their song Forever. I hate you guys. <laughs> well, obviously, uh, you already know our thoughts. I think this is great. I think this is a phenomenal choice. Um, no. Yeah. Hey, I get my spiel too. No, Lauren, you did a fantastic job. Um, when Thank I you. heard this intro for the first time, before it hit the chorus, I was like, oh, Michelle Branch. We all know it's mm. Michelle Branch. And then um, as soon as the, the chorus hits, I was like, it's the Veronica's. And it sucks because I choose the Veronica's for a bunch of stuff. But they fit. But this song is literally so perfect. And mm-hmm. um, it really captures that exact kind of era. Yeah. Well, I'm unfortunately the odd one out here. Oh, 
Unfortunately, this is not a Michelle Branch a situation. Uh, Actually, it would be our Vanessa Carlton situation. This we've is had unfortunately not twice. a Vanessa Carlton sweep. A traditional yeah. Vanessa Carlton sweep as we've had. We have a had two sweeps. Because I, while you both focused on the chorus and back half of the song, mm-hmm. I focused more on the beginning of the song. And I don't think I have the best choice. So obviously, I mean, the best choice clearly here was Forever by the Veronicas. Yes, correct. <laughs> I went with Kids in America by Kim Wilde. Yeah, that is so great. Yeah, I, think I love the this front choice. Part of the song, it is really, really great. Mm-hmm. If you literally had like an updated, more punchy like cover, mm-hmm. I would definitely, I would, I mean, which you could definitely find, right? Something a little bit more early, like two thousand. I know, but rock I really like Kim Wilde's vocals in terms of oh a yeah, match. The, the vocals do match a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I completely. Yeah, agree. I think this is a great. I think you need to have a little more confidence well, in I mean, your. I had, yeah. I had confidence, but it wasn't forever by the Veronica's confidence. Yeah. <laughs> no one could be for, forever by the Veronica's. Well, let's talk about our ED, because I know for sure I didn't get the same one as you guys. Um, uh, but let's move on to the ED. Lauren, who did you go with for Fuzengamu? All right. So for this one, I I reached out, because I was very lost. Cheater! No, I'm joking. To... Jackie, who loves to play this game, I was like, she likes to play. Damn She'll it. probably have some, you know, people who can help me, you know, get me on the right track. And uh, so now I'm dipping into PJ's territory and I picked a Spanish speaking I literally, group. I'm so mad. Because let me tell you, I was like, there is a literal Spanish song that sounds exactly like this. And I just couldn't remember it. And as soon as you said you reached out to Jackie, I was like, I fucking bet. Fucking pull out exactly whatever I thought. Whatever I couldn't find. And I'm curious oh, no. if you did. Okay. Well, um, God, I'm I'm so nervous for me and Jackie here. Okay. So the group that I picked was Juanes, their song Besos and Guerra. So I will tell you, this is not the Juana song that I was thinking of. So oh, you didn't fully uh, rip it out of my brain, oh. which is what my theory is, okay. is that you just stole it from my brain. Uh, you employed yeah, Jackie's, Jackie's espionage it. skills. I did. Um, but this song, and for our listeners, this song's by Morat, uh, Morat featuring the Juanes. Uh, it's called Besos and Guerra. It's, I think it's a pretty good approximation because of the Juanes vocals on it, but I think the music itself is not a very good approximation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was going to say, it sounds like it could be an anime opening or closer, etc. But like, it's too like, not epic, but like, so ballad-like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I feel like... um the outro for Gintama is very like kind of go with the flow, and this is this is not it. the The vocal approximation is pretty good though. I I if I ever find out which Juana song, and I'll listen to the discography, what Juana song I was thinking of, I'll I'll put I'll put it on the Twitter or something. Um, but until such time, Skylar, who did you go with? So I definitely went on a journey with this song because the voice sounded like so uh like so familiar to me, and um. I don't think I got just there, but I think I did a a pretty good approximation. But I went with Local H, specifically their song Bound for the Floor. I like it as a as an overall piece a mm-hmm. little bit more than Lawrence, but I think Lawrence, while didn't really get the music at all, the vocals were very good. Mm-hmm. I don't think the vocals are great for local age, but they're okay and the music is okay. So as a cumulative effort, it's better than some of its parts. I think it's an eight out of ten. I think it's like a <laughs> six out of ten. I think it is a seven point nine out of I ten. Because I think the vocals are like a three out of five. <gasps> I think the music is a three out of five. So together they're six out of ten. Whereas Lauren's, I think it's like a five out of five for vocals and then a zero out of five for music. So it's altogether a five out of ten. So you're overall doing better. But yeah. Yeah, this definitely captures the more laid back laid back vibe that you mentioned. 
Man, so, I should have stuck with Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> well, I mean, you both still did better than me. I'll tell you that. Because oh. uh, I got stuck in a very weird place while looking for the music here. Because um, I really went for, uh, in the chorus, I feel like the vocalist, I mean, the vocalist in general has kind of like a more nasal, uh, deeper nasal register mm-hmm. in their vocals. But in the mm-hmm. chorus, it gets a little like higher and whinier. And it's like this this nasal whine that just reminded me so deeply. Like, honestly, I think it is a very good vocal approximation for certain sections of the song. But it is a weird choice because it is Weird Al Yankovic. Ooh, I see it. Uh, and I couldn't think of a song that fit the vibe. So I, I know I'm a zero for five on the music. D- you don't have to uh, give it to you me You could just play folks. wrong answers only but this week. No, because I think it's the right answer for vocals. I ended up going with Gump uh, by, f- uh, by Weird Al Yankovic. I think it's great. I think this is great. I don't know if it's because the nostalgia is like smacking me in the mouth right now. (laughs) (laughs) Because I can never say no to Weird Al. Never. Do you hear that, Weird Al? I'd never say no to you. Oh, this is going to a place. Um, I think, as usual, PJ, when you come into this saying, this is awful, this is not the business. um, It's opposite day. It is opposite day. And it like is the business. So like this was a really good choice. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic yes. choice. Yes, I completely you agree. You get a 7.9 out of 10. Uh, Honestly, I agree. I will gladly take that 7.9. And in general, overall, while we might not have had a... N- <laughs> while we I might changed not- my mind. It's an 8.2. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Lauren's like, no, no, no. It's still a 7.9. So that means average out. It's an <laughs> 8.1. <laughs> that was some fast math. Well, regardless of wherever we landed on any of this, I think overall, some uh, good choices for different, for very different reasons throughout the ED. Uh, good choices for that OP. I mean, there was really only the right choice of yours and the okay choice of mine. <laughs> Uh, but ultimately a fun uh, monocontemporary artist segment and I think that's where we're going to call our music segment in general and take a quick break to watch some additional clips some additional context and get Lauren's closing thoughts on Gintama so we're going to do that and we'll be right back so stay tuned All right, we're back. We have Lauren Watch from additional context, some additional hilarious moments, dumb potty humor moments, very serious and actiony moments. Mm. Uh, really runs the gamut of the emotions here on Gintama. But tell me, Lauren, was that a bit of a whiplash to see uh, how different the show can get? Or was it just allowing you to see how much more it can expand beyond the fun, silly two episodes we saw here today? Ultimately, it's going to be your decision to let us know if, Lauren, would you keep watching Gintama? I had such a fun time with this one in the beginning. And even, you know, watching through some of the context, it's still very funny, even though they do have those more serious moments. And they're beautiful, serious moments. Yeah, like it, I like felt feelings, which is like (laughs) so rare for me. Um, (laughs) But anyway, I mean, Kagura's my girl. Like, <laughs> yeah, Kagura's lit, and I showed you some awesome Kagura clips too. You did you? If you took like a screenshot of like Berserk Kagura, you could you could just tell me that is a screenshot from one of the Higurashis <laughs> and be like, "Yep, that's it." Yeah, 100%. yeah. But yeah, Kagura is a great character. Agreed. She mm-hmm. is also my favorite character. So yeah, she's the right answer. She I really feel- do be me. So. With all of these great characters, with clearly a lot of world building and, and range story, yeah, storytelling that that builds on each other, I feel like Gintama is just a really fun anime. And yes, I will continue to watch it because I want to see it go from that wacky, silly to the more the more poignant moments. Awesome! You absolutely love to see it. Uh, Gintama, you know, does have quite the the rage, but it's you know, it's not just funny into serious i mean it's it is it it, it, it'll whiplash you here and there for sure oh for sure in any case uh that is a kawaii success in the book 
but perhaps not as important as our next question, which is, would you recommend Gintama to someone looking to start their anime journey? I think I would. I think it's a really fun way to get introduced to the shonen archetype, but then maybe you need more context too. I don't know. I I think I yeah. would not. Um, I love Gintama and I think anyone could love it. Um, I do think all the like Weirdy touched on how um, you know, they, they do a pretty good job keeping you in the loop for references we don't understand. But I feel all of that would turn someone off. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, ultimately I, I, I feel like I'm having a journey somewhere Lord where like towards the end you were like, Well, maybe. maybe. But I think and I agree with Skylar ultimately though, because I think you know, it's mile mile a minute references and stuff, and some of them you get, some of them you don't, and it does a good job of including you. But ultimately also I just think so much of it is so you know, it's references of for them, right? So it's very Japanese references. And I feel like ultimately if you don't have any context to anime or Japanese culture or anything, so much might fall off your radar that you might just be like this isn't for me yeah literally like this wasn't made for me like these are references for other people not me Uh, and while i do think they do a good job of making you still kind of feel included i think if this is your first anime maybe uh, yeah i'm very torn on it because i think it's fun and funny and interesting enough that anyone could like it but i think i I think maybe it's like your third anime yeah Mm -hmm. i would say six honestly (laughs) (laughs) i I mean i I just threw out a random number it could be six i don't really care but yeah i think i'm gonna i think yeah i think i'd have to give it a no yeah after you guys talked i was like yeah i I agree actually i changed my answer as much as i really love this anime i want to be very clear because it is still a kawaii success but a kawaii desu thumbs down on a recommendation as someone's first anime in their journey um so the the you know the positives and the negatives but ultimately throw those out the window because we still do have one question left to ask and that question is is there an anime for that All right, Lauren, give me your song and artist for Gintama. This one, I I don't know. I just feel like this song would make a really good AMV for Gintama. I have really no reason to think it exists other than why not? I ended up picking Can't Hold Us by Macklemore. I mean, with Kagura on your team, you can't. You can't. They literally can't hold you because you're going to break out of every prison you're put into. All right, Lauren, there are two AMVs <gasps> for Gintama to Can't Hold Us. That gives you three points in the book. That's one more video than I usually get. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Hey, man, the number of videos doesn't matter. That's just it's the fact true, that they just exist. the existence of them. You just right, need one. Well, maybe, though, you might get a little bit more. Because it's time for the super secret, not so secret bonus round. Lauren, do you think Gintama might have an AMV to Evanescence Bring Me to Life? Question mark? Question mark. Lauren, it's up to you. It's a very silly, goofy time. I did also show you some serious, crazy moments. You did. So there, there's a lot of pop opportunity, a lot of possibility. And heck, it's also it's also enough of a parody that I could even see it being done on some of those funny moments or on some of those more gritty, serious moments or on neither. So it's really up to you to decide. Do you think it exists? I will say yes, because I see the potential for the, the darkness later. All right, Lauren, your uh-huh. Evanescence uh-huh. has been very hit and miss this month. It has. And is this a hit? Is it a miss? I don't know. It is a hit because, oh, yes, okay. there are multiple AMVs for Gintama to Evanescence Bring <gasps> Me to Life. So that is four points in the book. <laughs> oh, my God. Look at me. I so all it. told, that is a kawaii success. A kawaii desu thumbs down, unfortunately, for it being your first anime. But four points in the book for Lauren and another successful journey through an anime. Woo-hoo! Lauren, thank I'm you for so going excited. on this journey with us. Thank you so much for having me. And I know there's a lot to cover, but I'm excited. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. Toshin, again, thank you so much. Toshin and 
our unnamed uh, submitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you so much for recommending this for us. It was such a fun time to watch. But, Lauren, I'm glad you had a fun time watching mm-hmm. it. But more importantly, I hope our listeners had a good time watching it, a fun time watching it, a suppress your inner self, and even you can look like Antonio Inoki time. A and Elizabeth time. <laughs> she was she was the real best character. We all just... Yeah. <laughs> we just forgot Sleep her. Sleep in on <laughs> Elizabeth. Oh, poor Elizabeth. And a take a job because you want to know what the end of the story is time. And until next time, we hope your wait isn't a kawaii disappointment. I've been PJ. I've been Skylar. I've been Lauren. And don't forget, don't spell it with a K because that means testicles. That needs to be embroidered on a pillow. We could do that with an embroidery machine. There you go. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. This is funny because this is somewhere like PJ and I actually kind of agree on because we have such different like temperature threshold. Yeah, like it literally like I like my food warm. I don't like a hot. And PJ See, is I a prefer hot my guy. food like like piping hot Ugh. or cold. There cannot be a middle ground. I do not like like l- like middle like middling food. I do. But I'll <laughs> eat cold food. Like I'll I'll eat some like cold rice. I'll like eat some like, you know, cooked chicken straight out of the fridge, like, you know, mm-hmm. leftovers. Oh my like... God. <laughs> yeah. Especially leftovers. Uh, I remember we had like Outback one time and I just like was in the refrigerator with it open, uh, like the box open being like, if I warm it up, like the pink will go away. And Gotta also eat some food, exactly. Nom, 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 nom. Some food is worse warm later. Pizza, it, to me, it's one of those things. Reheated oh pizza is not good. You're not Cold reheating pizza, it correctly. I've reheated it. Okay. I, I, a, I've um, reheated it every possible way. We have an air fryer, Lauren. I've air fried it. I've pan fried it. I've uh, put it in an oven. I've put it in a microwave. I know how to reheat have you, food. Have you reheated the pizza in a cast iron skillet with yes. ice cubes with the lid on top? Because yep. that's actually pretty lit. That's have, such an old TikTok And it's good. It's fine. Hack, Lauren. But it's not as good as it is originally. Well, no, but no no leftover is. But cold, it still has that same flavor profile. That flavor profile is destroyed in the reheating process. Lauren, oh you God. said something controversial. You just said no leftover is good. But you know what is good? Salsa. Because it marinates even more. That's a condiment. We're talking about <gasps> leftover <laughs> food. Soup is better later. That is yeah, absolutely is- untrue. Are you... <laughs> Because I'm talking about like, you know, any like well-seasoned food is better later. Because it marinates soups. longer in like a liquidy base. Like if you're, you if you're talking, if you're looking at like a, like an Indian soup, if you eat it that day, you might as well just be like just robbing yourself of flavor. Yeah. And the longer you let curry sit, like obviously the better not for is. weeks on end. Salsa, the longer you let it sit, the better it is. Yeah. Because the the herbs have time. That's why like when you make fresh salsa, it says to serve like a day or two later. Mm, okay. There's there's a lot of hot and heavy opinions about here on this hot and cold debate. Um, <laughs> Lauren clearly is anti anti cold pizza, anti cold leftovers in general, anti cold leftovers unless God intended it to be served cold. <laughs> what about well, God coffee? didn't intend anything to be in, ice coffee anyway. was intended to be hot. God intended coffee not to be cold hot. Brew. But I've seen you drink a uh, but, ice coffee, but not all iced coffee is cold brew. Most co- iced coffee isn't cold brew. My iced coffee is cold brew. Yeah, Have you now, ever had iced coffee that wasn't cold brew? What did you do before brew? nitro was in or was <laughs> available? I had hot coffee. I don't believe you. You don't have to. <laughs> have you? So you're saying there's not a single food traditionally warm that is better cold? Absolutely not. And there's no food traditionally cold that is better warm? Correct. I, I will believe in this like I do ghosts. You what about cannot, cheese? What cheese? Mozzarella. That's a cold cheese that we warm up and put on things. Mm, mozzarella is so good. Mozzarella is very good. I mean, you have it anyway. Hot, piping hot, cold. It depends on when it, how, how it was intended to be in the recipe. If it's hot marinara, warmed so, up, So if I write better. a recipe for cold pizza, that makes it okay? No. There's no but recipe said, for cold pizza. You, I can't, Every recipe was just made by some person. Like, what are you saying? Ultimately, 
it is what it is, right? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly in the middle. I will always prefer my peaks of warm. There are people who are like such cold peaks of people that they'll let it, like they'll order it and then just like put it in the fridge. Horrendous. Which I think that's lunacy. Yeah, that, that's why I'm so upset. I, I will always prefer warm, but I, I once in a while will appreciate my. Like,